Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 216 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today, really, really delighted to have on Joel Macon, world number seven, winner of the 2022 Manchester Open. He's about to uh, be representing uh, Wales uh, at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, he's made it to the tour finals this year again for the, uh, I believe, the second or third time. I uh, don't know exactly how many. Uh, it'll be his third Commonwealth Games appearance. Uh, he's had a, a great career career till now and it just uh, continues to get better and we talk about all of the uh, aforementioned topics amongst other things. Uh, Joel of course uh, as I just mentioned reached uh, number seven in the world in the latest rankings. That's his highest ever finish and he's coming off a very good season although I'm sure you know there are a few results there that we talk about uh, here today uh, that he'd like to have back but overall you know you can't complain you're you're up there at at your highest ever world rank. So we talk about his season. We talk about his win at Manchester, the British Open, where he fell short in a couple of events before that, uh, but how that inspired him to uh, go one better than uh, the 2021 Manchester Open. And uh, we also take on a number of other topics. Of course, uh, there was a a lot of uh, drama that... uh, transpired during the, the last couple of events, the Elguna, um, the World Championships, not so much in Manchester, uh, sorry, Mauritius, which uh, just uh, concluded yesterday. Congrats to uh, Diego Elias and Farida Mohamed, by the way, for on their big wins uh, there. But uh, yes, we take on the topics of uh, the, new, the new rules, uh, the, the new officiating approach towards lets and strokes, and uh, Joel has some, some insight on that uh, in terms of, you know, the positives and the negatives. Uh, Joel sees sees the definitely what the PSA is trying to do with that, but he also uh, you know feels a little bit uh, uh, frustrated at times. And he discussed that. We discussed that as well. Uh, we also talk about uh, coaching in between games, and he has thoughts on that uh, as well, which are very interesting. We uh, also take a look at a bit about uh, you know his training routine, his training schedule, and his uh, approach mentally uh, with respect to that. And Joel also gives some very honest analysis of some of the top players in the men's game. You know, he has a lot of respect for these guys, and he's really, uh, you know, he, he sees the, the special talents that they have. And uh, we break some of that down, not only in the men's game, but the women's game as well. So we take a look at uh, both uh, the men's and women's games, some of the, the players that he has to contend with, you know, the talents that they have, the struggles that he has sometimes playing against them. He's very candid about that, and we also take a look at the women's game. This is a really good podcast uh, with a really really good guy really enjoy chatting with uh, joel macon here on episode 216 how's that jerry you're right hey man how are you <laughs> yeah good thanks mate yeah th- hey, th- thanks for uh thanks for doing this thanks a lot really uh appreciate your time yeah all, yeah, yeah th- how's things how's everything you're you're in uh the uk somewhere or wales uh whereabouts yeah birmingham. birmingham okay yeah, yeah. I've been training there for a while, yeah. Coming up 10 years probably now. Yeah, nine, 10 years. Nine, 10, okay. How, how is it there now? How's the weather? Is it uh, warm? Today's not, yeah. Um, pretty nice. I've been out. I did a little bit outside earlier, so it's been pretty nice. Not the best the last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, it's all right. You did some uh, did some training outside today? No, I just did some mobility. It was, uh, yeah, it was really nice out. It's been, it's been pretty bad all week. Okay. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just uh, I played golf today in this crazy heat here and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But how hot's it there at the minute? Oh, uh, I didn't check, but uh, it's it had to have been around forty. 
40 yeah. uh, uh, with a bit of, uh, we, we teed off at two o'clock, a little bit of humidity. So towards the end of the day, the wind picks up and it blows it off a bit. So it was okay. Uh, it was your, a competition. What sort of level are you at? Uh, uh, my handicap right now is five. Uh, oh, that's, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like I was looking for balls uh, on the no, no. Do you yeah, play much? Well, to get to that level. No, uh, I'd, I'd not done anything until about a year ago. And then, uh, yeah, I played a few times with a mate, but it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's hard work to start with anyway. Yeah. Oh, it's frustrating. My wife uh, got me into it. She's quite a good golfer. And uh, you know, the, I remember the first couple, the first year or so, she was very, very frustrated with me. Yeah, it's pretty slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, uh, Joel, I re really appreciate you. And, uh, you know, I've been obviously uh, – I think we've communicated a little bit in the past and, uh, you know, I've always been a big fan of yours and great to see, you know, this, uh, uh, this season anyways, uh, reaching your highest ever uh, world ranking seven winning, uh, you know, winning the Manchester open, uh, you've had a, a, a couple of, you know, probably tournaments you'd like to have back, but you know, uh, we, we can talk about that, but, uh, you know, I'm just wondering, uh, uh how you feel, uh, you know, where you are right now with, with, the, with your game and how you're feeling uh, with a lot. I mean, you, you'd think the squash season was widening down, but uh, there's, uh, <laughs> it, it's crazy, not, isn't it? <laughs> well, not even, like, we're at, it feels like we're about a year away from having a break now at this point because uh, we obviously go straight to British Nationals next week, then World Tour Finals the week after, and then we've got a month. I've tried to set some time aside just to get ready for Commonwealth Games then because that's obviously the start of August. Um, yeah, and then within a week or two after that, I'm sort of straight into... There's an exhibition tournament in Seattle I'm going to do uh, at the end of August. That's always a good one. Mm. Uh, yeah, the season starts again. I think it's Qatar again, you know, from start of September. So there's really no break now. Wow. Was it, uh, I was going to ask, like, uh, you know, it just seems like the, the tournament's been coming fast and furious uh, over, the, you know, the last couple of months. So you you obviously took, uh, you didn't play Mauritius. That, that was, uh, you know, the decision you made in order to sort of just... Uh, you know, be able to, to play at your, you know, you knew you had your, your nationals and, and the other events coming up. Yeah, we've got important things coming up, but we've, you know, I, I sort of felt at that point, it was like I played 15 tournaments this season. If I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm not where I need to be or not winning events at that point, then there's no point playing another Mauritius at the end, you know, at the end of that. So, um, yeah, we need to have time at home and actually, actually improve because, um, you know, otherwise you're just competing week after week and we're, we're unusual compared to other sports. So I always feel like we, uh, compete week in week out whereas you know other sports tend to peak better for events yeah. um something i've been a, a lot more aware of recently because you know a, a few of us have been having the same kind of conversation you just you end up playing one event into the next into the next and yeah there's a skill to doing that well and that's that's part of the demands of the sport 100 percent. but i think if you can pick and choose the tournament to miss and you know come out sharp um yeah it can be you know you, you, th that's definitely what we need to do especially as you were uh, you know, get later in your career. If you want to actually win major tournaments, you have to be coming in sharp. You can't play week after week after week and expect to be, you know, performing at, performing at your best anyway. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I mean, uh, Paul Cole obviously reached, uh, you know, number one in the world and he's, I guess, had a little bit of a bad, you say bad patch. He, he's gotten to the same yeah. as the past couple of events, but uh, that could be something that, that may, may have just uh, caught it, up. It definitely would have done. I mean, he'd, he'd have been, pressure over the last couple of months you know he's probably he's achieved something he's played his whole career for and it's been impressive what he's done so the, you know there might there's probably been a lot of pressure going into the world and a lot of stuff going on and 
especially the way he plays, takes a lot of discipline. Uh, mentally, he's got to be he gets in the very exact positions when he's playing. You know, everything's very thought out and, and pre-rehearsed. So, um, you know, it's probably draining, you know, playing like that as well. So I think that makes it difficult. Whereas I think, you know, you maybe have uh, Farag, the way he gets through the earlier rounds, his squash, you know, the way he reads the lower-ranked players and the way he moves, he's just, just too clever a lot of the time for those guys. And he can just get away with maybe not being... Well, it seems that way anyway, not having to be quite as switched on and then he could dial in later on in the tournaments and really sort of, uh, yeah, maybe that helps keep you a bit fresher. I'm not sure. Yeah, It's interesting the styles you get, you know, different different players approach it differently. Yeah, for sure. And then you get a guy like uh, Mustafa Saul who's shot out of the can uh, every time he plays, right? Yeah, flying around at the minute, yeah. Yeah, a drop-off at some point, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's mentally draining in a different way because he's he's arguing, talking, finding a way to break up play. You know, finding yeah. some break at any opportunity, wiping the floor again. Video review. So, um, yeah, I guess that's draining mentally. I mean, uh, it's certainly not it's as physical. Kind of, it's kind of a strange one, isn't it? Because I, I don't think he he doesn't need to do that. He he's fit. He seems to be fit. Uh, there's there's levels to it, right? I mean, he, he's yeah. I think he's a very good natural athlete. He's very <clears throat> very powerful. I don't know if he's done maybe the conditioning work the other guys have done over years and years of training. So I think he can explode and be very powerful for two minutes and hang in the tough rally, but he needs to have that break. Then I'd be surprised if he could play continuous points after points. I think that's why he does it, you know? Um, but I think if he did a bit of work and he was happy to, you know, have a bit of discipline, I think he could maybe achieve that at some point, but he, you know, he seems to think he's the victim in a lot of situations. So I don't think he wants to change that at all. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that too. I mean, when when things get tough, he, he that that's when uh, he starts arguing, or he doesn't sort of argue with things. He stalls and you know does a little bit of, you know, what what he does to 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 uh, impede the the play. But uh, no, there's a yeah. lot of there's, there's there's two aspects to it, isn't there? Where you get the you get the uh, you know he, he doesn't care about it what anyone thinks. He's getting stuck into people. He's you know he's upsetting people and his celebrations are ridiculous. You know he's ripping his shirt off and he's doing these things. You know, not that I'm. Not that I think that's, you know, that's great, but I, I like the way he's doing his own thing. That's different to, you know, things where it's like there's injury breaks that aren't needed. There's racket, you know, there's rackets breaking every match. It's just not real, you know? So there's a lot of things going on. You know, there, there's there's lines and there's, you know, there's instances where he's taking people out and there's been conduct strokes that, you know, that, that to me is different than, you know, crazy celebrations. If he's one at that point, he can, you know, he can do what he wants at that point. I think we need a bit of that, you know, but then, when it comes to the, you know, the, the intentional shutouts and the, the stuff that's going on with the interferences, it's, uh, yeah, that's different, I think. Then. Yeah, it's going to be frustrating for a guy like you. I mean, I, I love watching you play because you, you play through a lot of interference and, you know, you like to keep the rallies going when you can and when it's, if at all possible. So that's got to be, you know, playing someone who sort of stops and starts and, and creates a bit of interference. That's got to be uh, frustrating for, especially for a player like you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I don't view it like that though. I mean, having said that, I'm I'm saying that from the outside looking in, is and you know, I just don't think that's the way to go with all those stoppages. It's not good to watch. That's just the reality of it. You know, people want to watch you know proper squash played back to back, and 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 he's capable of doing that, but that's not going to be the case. You know, for whatever reason, but um, you have to view it as a different challenge. You know, that's what he brings. Um, he brings that different thing to the table, and you've got to find a way to work it out. You know. Um, and I've got to do things to get into him as well. And, you know, you, there's things I'm doing to get into him and he's trying to break, you know, break the play up and stuff. So it creates a different kind of dynamic you've got to work out, you know. But it, it, the last match we played, his squash was quality at crucial times and he snuck it. You know, I, I had plenty of things my way, he had plenty of things his way. And we both, uh, yeah, you know, that's just one of those things, you know.
if my squash was better than that day, I'd have won, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the guys you've had success against, I guess. Uh, you know, you're, I think you're two and two against him. Uh, uh, to be fair, there was a bit of time in between the two of those. Um, since he's been in good form, he's beaten me tight, but twice, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a way through and there's a tactic to it. I mean, I see, you see what he did to Frag and then what he did to Paul, you know. I, I had, you know, be the closest match with him there. Oh, Diego did well as well. Um, but yeah, he, he can upset those guys because I don't think they like the sort of niggle and the confrontation he brings to it. Mm. Um, <laughs> they don't seem to really well, but but they're, you know that what they can do, Ali does anyway. His quality squash is so high that he can sort of drag us out into those movements he doesn't want to do, and he can he seems to work his way around the interferences so well, or he managed to do it up until the last time they played really well, um, which was impressive. I, I think the you know you can see the frustration with Ali the last time they played. I don't know if you watched that one. Yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, he was frustrated yeah. for sure. He was very because there was so much you know so many ridiculous situations interferences he was causing. Um, and, you know, he shouldn't have to play through those kind of things. They should be picked up. But, you know, Ali would probably be frustrated with himself that he he didn't apply it to his squash and, you know, find a different way to win, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I just wanted to say, Joel, I played uh, the, one of the guys I played with, uh, an Irish guy today in my flight. Uh, he, I told yeah. him I was interviewing you, uh, uh, Joel Macon from Wales, and he said, oh, gee, are you going to bring a translator with you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, he was talking about a Wel- the Welsh accent. He he lives in Cardiff or something, so I, g- I gather uh, uh, okay. some Welsh accents are, are difficult to decipher. Uh, but I told him, no, no, no. Joel's you know, perfect English. I don't think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's particularly Welsh at this point. It's a mix of a few things. So uh, might still be hard to understand, though. I don't know. No, per- I have. No- I'm having no trouble here. So uh, yeah, that's and, fine. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm gonna uh, just kind of all over the map, but. Um, Let's take let's take a step back and take a look at your your season till now. So you you you've reached uh, number seven in, in the world, your highest ever world ranking. Uh, you won the Manchester Open, which was fantastic. Uh, I think you lost in the final the uh, the year before, and you've had some decent uh, results in other events, but maybe a few disappointing uh, results as well. Where you know, you know had some close games, British Open obviously being one of them. Uh, so just looking back at this season, would you reckon that uh, you know you're pretty proud of what you accomplished uh, up until now? Yeah, there's certain things. I mean, um, generally the way I'm, I'm happy with it in the direction I'm going in. I mean, you can always pinpoint individual batches that you know that aren't good enough for what you expect for yourself. But the way I went about those was as well as I could have done. You know, in in any of those situations, I was still trying to find a way to win, regardless of the circumstance or the difficulty. You know, that's going into that event. Even if you're not, the preparation is not perfect. I've always, uh, you know, still give myself the best chance to try and close those out. And um, yeah, I don't have excuses coming out of any of those. You know, if you have a bad loss, you got to, you know, I, I did well coming out of the British Open and then won Manchester the week after. So, um, you know, you have to sort of turn those around. And um, yeah, what, what, the, what the best players do well in any sport really is just that consistency, isn't it? Just yeah. um, you can't go going cheap losses to guys lower down. It's just not, you know, not good enough if you want to push up to the next level. So, um, I haven't had many bad losses. That was the first sort of lower ranked one for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've come close a few times. I feel like I'm pushing the guys and I'm trying to add things to my game all the time. You know, it's not it's, it's not finished yet. I'm still, you know, I'm still working hard to get higher. You know, I started the season at nine or ten and I'm, you know, finishing towards seven. And yeah. it just takes time. Um, I probably didn't have the background a lot of these guys are, so I feel like I'm catching up a bit later on. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, there's no harm in losing to a guy like uh, Miguel. I mean, he he's just unbelievable what he can do, uh, what he can do with the ball and what he can do with his movement and I, he's one of the more skilled guys. Like he's got great hands, doesn't he? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. 
he's difficult to play. You know, he, he's been at four in the world. I mean, he's yeah. he's a player. There's no nothing to do with that. It's just maybe the level I was producing, I wasn't as happy with. And if he's moving particularly well and he's been difficult on the day, that you know, there's crossover there that can happen. You know, um, you just don't want that to happen. You know, too often. That's the thing, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he, he seemed to have you know a patch of really good form, didn't he? Uh, towards this impressive especially the way he plays and, and with his age, um, he keeps his body, you know, he doesn't seem to have too many injury problems. I mean, he's taken some damage over the years and he you know, still moves well and covers the court and he's, you know, such a good competitor. That's what you see with a few of these older guys like Borja and, and Rodriguez are still such good competitors at that age, you know, he's, um, and that's why they're still in amongst it. Yeah, they've got such unique styles as well. I mean, Borja too, what he, what he can do with the ball, like he's got great control yeah. and just cuts it really well uh, as well. So, yeah, tough guys to go up against, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've got a lot of experience, and Borja's particularly difficult because he's he's got kind of a bit of a different swing, and he's got a, he's got a lot of hold. Actually, he's got a lot of options, and he's started to use a load more height over the last couple of years. You know, um, so he actually does a lot of difficult things with the ball. He's uh, and and as he's got older and maybe slowed up a little bit, he's he's added more subtleties. He's got along. So I think he's thirty nine, um, which is yeah. yeah very impressive. He's probably been up for twenty. The, the the oldest guy uh, on the tour, I would imagine. Then Jim, him and James. and James, James as well. Yeah, yeah. Another example of that. Too impressive. Uh, yeah, for Elder Stacey. I'm still trying at fifty to, to play well, but uh, he's still hip, open to <laughs> the hip. The, the, the hip bothers me on occasion, but uh, yeah. have, have you got an injury, or it's just an ongoing thing? No, no. It's just it's a little bit of a, a yeah. I know it's there. I might need to have it looked at, but I you know I play twice a week and I get around. Uh, I, I play through it, through the pain. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are with their hips. Yeah. Um, playing for any length of time. Yeah. But I, I want to ask you just, you know, the Manchester Open, that was your first, uh, might have been your first really big, uh, big win. You came close the year before. Uh, yeah. So just wondering, uh, you know, heading into that event, having, you know, the British Open, which is something uh, uh, I'm sure you, you rate pretty highly, everyone in Britain, any, British squash player would rate that one right up there with the British nationals, I guess. Uh, you know, so having been disappointed by that and to come in and to beat the guys that you beat uh, and with only, uh, you know, dropping one game, uh, just wondering how you, what, what you were able to do to, in order to recover from the disappointment of uh, what can we learn from what you achieved in, in that situation? Um, I, I guess I'm just realistic about what happened in the British Open. I mean, it's nothing drastic. My, had a few things going into it I wasn't happy with and my performance wasn't great on the day. But I think you have to not get too distracted with, you know, a loss to someone slightly lower down if there's reasons for it and you're not, you know, you're not happy with that. There's no need to drastically change your training or suddenly think something's wrong, you know. Things have been going in the right direction for a while and that can happen. So um, we actually had uh, the world uh, the world doubles the following week after that. So I went up and we were playing doubles all week. So the preparation wasn't perfect. But um, yeah, yeah. I went to a, I found a local club and a few of us went over there and trained um I did some running I did some uh hitting around the tournament as well so I was playing the doubles and we trained pretty hard through the week in the morning as well um so it's probably too much during that week but I sort of came into Manchester then you know having got good work back in um yeah I just felt good yeah for sure I mean you beat uh, I think it was uh Yusuf Solomon uh Patrick Rooney um obviously George Parker, George Parker yeah first round and then uh uh, Mohammed in the final, right? Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, great, great result there, and congrats on, on that. Uh, yeah. 
Now you've got uh, obviously uh, you're you're going into the the British Open as the uh, the defending champion, and you were yeah. uh, you were the number one seed up until a couple of weeks, weeks ago. And uh, just talking to the manager, one of the managers at, at my club, he's Egyptian. Her, you know, her, yeah. he doesn't really know much about squash, but then he said, "Jerry, uh, did you hear?" I was like, "Yeah, I heard yeah, it. Yeah. It's all over the Egyptian news, I guess." And then yeah, yeah. And they're not very happy. Uh, it's been a lot of. Co- I thought it's been a lot yeah. of coverage, about, as expected, probably. But uh, I mean, th- I mean, even without Mohammed, I was going to, you know, I prepared my notes uh, a while ago for this. Uh, you've got yourself, uh, defending champ Patrick Rooney, James Wilstrip. Uh, unfortunately, Nathan Lakey, he's injured; he won't be able to play. Uh, uh, but I, I rate him quite highly. Dark horse there. Uh, Adrian Waller, Declan James, Nick Wall. Uh, Nick Wall's been playing very well. He's won a couple tournaments. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, you've got young guys like Sam Todd coming up. You might know of a few others that are. And then uh, Mohamed El Sherbagi. So, I mean, this is, a, man, this is a huge event. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, there's probably a bit more interest this time with Mohamed coming into it. Um, I think he'll be looking to, you know, want to want to do well and win in his first uh, first nationals coming across. So hopefully they'll put a extra bit of extra interest into it. Um, yeah, I mean, that must fire you up though, having someone like that, you know, now in. The oh draw. yeah, yeah. Not me in any way. If you if you're looking at that as a negative, it's just a bad mindset to be going into it with. You know, you want to be you want to be all these guys regardless of what it's in. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Actually, it'll be uh, another good week. So. Um, yeah, there's a lot of dangerous guys as well, though. Like you said, but Pat's playing well. I think he sort of turned a bit of a corner this season, which is good to see. Because um, he, he's actually been dangerous for a few years, just oh, yeah. in Matt, you know, dotted around. Um, probably got himself a bit tougher, a bit more belief. Um, yeah, he's, he's putting in a bit more work and then he's actually able to use his skills to apply pressure for a longer period of time. I, I, that seems to be the difference for me. Maybe sort of realised he's as good as he is. <laughs> I think maybe beforehand he was you know, didn't realise he could compete at that level. Um, and he sort of jumped up quite quick. Um, yeah, George, I do a lot of training with as well. He's going to be, um, yeah, he's probably not been in quite a good form over the last couple of weeks, but he's obviously still quality. I'll be playing him second round. So, um, you know, he's got a lot of skill as well and he brings some different, great intensity, great athleticism and a lot of skill. It's just, um, and he probably won't have the mental sort of thing with me because we get, you know, good mates. So he, yeah. he can sometimes play a lot of good squash because there's no, there's no break, you know, there's no breakage as a play and there's no disruption. So sometimes play, uh, play well when it's like that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And Waller's always dangerous. He's got, you know, a lot of skill as well. Uh, so there's a good mix now. It's just not, maybe the level's not quite what it was the time before, but there's a lot of guys just behind that, you know, in that sort of 20 bracket, there's a load of quality players. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Patrick Rooney, I, li- I like watching him play too. He, he's, he's actually, he's got a lot of skill and now he's, he, he's quite a physical player uh, as well. Yeah. I, I think he, he moves really well. And, and Yeah, he does. I think he'll, I think he'll sort of carry on working on it over the next couple of years as well. I could see him getting into better shape again. I think there's a few things he could do and it just takes a bit of time as well. I think if you've only been training properly for a year or two, like I think he has, um, you know, after just through four or five years of good work into him, I think he'll just become a bit more consistent. His body will hold up a bit better. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to get to a position where he's, you know, another maybe five, ten places higher over the next, you know, couple of years. Now, uh, you won uh, last year, obviously. Uh, that was your your second final, uh, having won it on the second yeah. time asking. And uh, uh, I think you might be uh, the first Welshman ever to to win the, the British Nationals. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how's that feel, man? I mean, uh, uh, obviously, Davis, David Evans, he's won the British Open, but uh, I think he got to the final once uh, at the yeah. Nationals. Well, I think when Pete was just having his comeback at that time, you know, for after chronic fatigue, I think I, I'm not sure if Pete Marshall just come through qualifying through the British Open and just got through to the final and then he was playing the British Nationals just after that. So I think Dave had a time in, in that one, but yeah, lost in the final. And then, uh, yeah, Tesney's won twice, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, none of the... You, you the, having won that, I mean, what, what did that mean to you? Uh, that must have meant the world to you. Yeah, definitely. It's kept a lot of importance to the British Nationals. I think Nick made a big deal about winning it every time and he wanted to win, you know, his... He, you know, he made a point of it being an important part of the season. I think some of the national championships aren't, aren't always like that. But um, the Nationals has kept its importance. Um, you know, James has won a few. And then you've got the history of, you know, players over the years, the great players that have won it before. So it was definitely important to me. Um, yeah, and I lost tied to James a couple of years before in the final. And um, yeah, it was great to, great to get that win last year. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, yeah, with the draw the way it is, I mean, Obviously, uh, you're your favorite to get to the final and play uh, Mohammed, but uh, there's so many good players in there. I think it, it bodes well for the future. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a, there's a good group now. There's a few younger guys as well. Like you said, Nick Wall's doing pretty well. Um, I think that'll, that'll take a bit of time for him to really push up into the next bracket. But he's he's got a he's got a solid game now, and he's you know he's just getting a bit better. He's got pretty good options with his swing, and I think he's just he's got good people around him, and he's fairly steady. So could see him improving and coming through. And, um, you know, Sam Todd's obviously got a lot of ability as well. Yeah. Um, he could do with a couple of years of good work and then, yeah, he'll see what he could, uh, what he could do after that. Yeah. Cause he's yeah. got a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of potential to do well. Yeah, I was looking at the the past champions and there, there, there's one that sticks out one final that sticks out. And I forget who, who he, it might've been Nick Matthew beating Joe Lee in the final. Joe Lee got to the final one year. And I know Joe Lee's name. He, he's pretty good. He was, a you know, Good young player, he'd done reasonably well, but he's not like a household name. When, uh, yeah, yeah. Wonder how he, uh, who, who he beat to get to the final? Was it maybe Selby or someone like Waller. that? Yeah, I think it was Adrian Waller. He beat in the semifinals. Oh, I'm not okay. sure. Okay, yeah. The first year where there was like there was Nick still. You know, I, I'm not sure if he was top five probably at that point, and I think he was still. He just sort of beat everyone three love in 40 minutes, and there was that kind of gap afterwards where there was no one. You know, there was again players but just there's just a gap between that five in the world and then probably 30 40 in the world and there was a group of them all around there so yeah she's probably come up a bit since then without nick there but um yeah it's competitive now definitely yeah for sure and now you've got uh obviously the uh, the big one the commonwealth games coming up at the i guess it's in august uh uh playing this will be your third uh commonwealth yeah. game it makes it sound like you're you're some old wily old veteran I got one in. I, I played the first one about 18, 19. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I mean, yeah. I guess in the first one, you 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 didn't do that well. Uh, second one, you got all, you almost reached the podium, right? Your fourth came in fourth. Uh, this time around, uh, what would it mean to uh, what are you shooting for? I mean, obviously, you've got Paul, Paul Cole, probably the, fa- the favorite, but uh, you're right up there amongst the favorites as well. So, is it you're going for gold, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, you are in every kind of one of these kind of tournaments of this size. It would be, you know, you wouldn't be thinking about getting anything else. So, um, I sort of set a bit aside in July. I want to um, because the season's been so rushed. I mean, setting aside four weeks before the Commonwealth Games seems like a good amount of time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, summer previously we've had eight, twelve weeks easily with not much on. Maybe the odd exhibition. Um, but yeah, so I've set, I've set the time aside and hopefully get um, 
feel like I've got stuff in good place then after that because it's been we really have rushed and your body's pretty sore getting to the end of the season after World Tour Finals it'd be uh, good to just be based in one place and have a bit of routine as well um, I always feel better having had even if it's just a couple of weeks to reset at home get your get your base fitness working hit a load of balls with you know feeders and get, get you know get like you're hitting the ball well again having not played week in week out you know yeah 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 definitely and you'll be, uh, I guess, for for Wales, so there'll be mixed doubles. Uh, you'll play mixed doubles and, and doubles, maybe. Uh, how about uh, is um, Tesney? Will she be? Re- is that kind of what she's aiming for to get to be ready for uh, the Commonwealth Games? I know she's injured now, or, or she pulled out of the yeah. tournament recently. Yeah, she's pulled out from next week, but I, I I think it'll be fine over the next couple of weeks, and then she'll still have a month, six weeks to go after that. So I think she'll be fine. I think it's a bit precautionary. Um, going into next week just making sure she's right by the look of it but yeah, um, yeah any injuries like that just frustrating timing on there it's, it always seems like that yeah the by the way we, we skipped over that the the women's draw in the in the uh, the British Nationals should be pretty intriguing as well obviously Gina Kennedy's uh, you know playing out of her mind right now she's playing really yeah, yeah. well SJ is going to uh, you know she's always really really dangerous whoever she plays uh, well yeah it's the SJ is actually not in it. SJ is not playing. I think she, I think oh, she's. she's uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Injured as well, or just had so much on recently. I know Tesney's obviously injured as well, so I think Gina's there. Um, yeah, should be her wrong way, I guess, because Gina does. She does tend to put the lower ranked girls away. She's got such good intensity about her and the way she plays. Yeah. She's she's not gonna she's not gonna make mistakes and she's not gonna you know mess it up really, especially against the lower girls. She's just it takes the ball too early, far too intense. She's got a a really good approach to it. Yeah, I was really impressed though with uh, I. I didn't really know much about her, but Jasmine uh, Hutton. She's played a few of the big bigger tournaments recently, and she she played. You know, she made a very uh, good account of herself a couple of times. She looked, you know, looks like she could be uh, someone to be reckoned with. Definitely, yeah. The the young those girls as well. Any of them have got you know the ability to do it. I guess it just it's just going to be a lot of work still. Uh, Lucy Tamal, uh, yeah. Jazz, sort of in that kind of bracket just outside you know the sort of top 16 I guess um level wise they're, they're capable of you know everyone's sort of capable of beating each other around there it seems um and they've just got to make another step to get in amongst the next you know the top 16 but um but yeah, Gina sort of separated herself quickly the way she she's got through the first you know the, the first six months even if you're playing you know three k's which she should never be playing obviously she doesn't have a ranking at the start but just the uh the way she's just giving out bagels to everyone and just uh right. Love and yeah, it's good to see. It's good, uh, good intensity about it. And then she, you know, she made it clear she wants to be in amongst it with the top girls and and competing. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's still going to take a bit more time for her to sort of beat the next group because there are, you know, as much as she's got all those qualities, I, I rate uh, it's still like there's still a skill level at you know reading players like Shabini. They just they, they've got so many options when they get to the ball. She's so deceptive. There's still a little bit of tactical stuff that you did that just being on court with those girls is going to take a bit more time. So, um, yeah, she's, she's, but she's going to, you know, she's going to get there by the look of it. She's working hard and improving. Yeah. The women's game is really exciting. Uh, uh at the moment I've watched, uh, it was the final Gore, Gohar and, uh, Al Hamami and yeah. this, the intensity in that match yeah. without, without there being, you know, any argy bargy, I guess, as you guys say, between the, the two, the two players, uh, it was amazing. I just couldn't believe how, competitive and how sort of focused and, and the will to win that, you know, both of them, but Definitely. especially Hamami, she was, wow, it was incredible. 
yeah, they're both they're both just hitting the ball so hard, taking it early. That they're, they're great, they're great movers as well. So um, the the game seems to be going up and up in that way. I mean, it's great to see Tyre back playing well as well. Yeah. I mean, she's so impressed. She's come back. Um, the way she plays, uh, very yeah, very, good very good to watch. Yeah, she's quick as well, and uh, you know she's she's got nice options on the ball as well. Hits a nice swing, so um, she's always good to watch. And it's nice seeing her coming back through, you know, as quickly as she has. Um, just adds another element to the top of the women's game, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, definitely. So in in the mixed doubles, will it be you and uh, have they decided that at Wales? Like, a, have the was it the Evans uh, family? Are they going to put put together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Creed Creedy's playing um, with Emma, so they're playing together oh, okay. in the. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Pete's playing with Emily in the mixed, and then I'm playing uh, with Tesnia in the mixed as well. Okay, Pete Creed. Yeah, yeah. we had an announcement this week actually. Um, okay. Yeah, like the official, all the athletes selected for Wales and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it was put out this week. Do you do any train? Like, do you prepare at all for doubles, or is that sort of just a, a little bit here and there? Or? There's been absolutely no time this season. Um, we got better as the world doubles went on, actually, because we, yeah, you know, we're having a few hits in the day. Because I find doubles, we, we go for doubles practice for two days and we just play three doubles matches and it's always competitive and you're always just trying to win. I think sometimes, don't forget what, what you would do in singles. You'd go down, you'd do a solo practice on the court, you'd get used to the tins, you'd get used to the width. Um, whereas I feel we end up cramming practice matches in. That's what everyone does, comes and does uh, practice matches. The, the Scottish guys have, um, they seem like they they plan things out. They've watched matches back. They've done things tactically, like their positional play is a bit different. Um, I think they've sort of utilised and tried to specialise a couple of their players in playing doubles well. Um, that's something a lot of us put a lot of emphasis on, but still, um, you know, when it comes down to it, you're going to want to get get a few wins and you, you you want to be good as well. It's good to be able to work out how to play tactically. Isn't it? Have you figured that out? Have you uh, sort of <laughs> tactical uh, uh, sort of awareness, your tactical awareness in the doubles? It's got Is better. Yeah. The mix is different again because you're trying to you're trying to get your positional stuff right where you're covering well, and then also, you know, there's so many different elements to it. You've got to you're not going to be hitting the ball anywhere near as much. Then you have to take advantage when you do. Um, but it, but it's not it's not straightforward as squash singles where you, you're not hitting the ball as often, so you're not quite as rhythmical with your movement. You, you don't feel you're getting in as good positions. And then you've just got a couple of chances to hit. So the men's is a lot more continuous because you get those long drawn out rallies. Um, but the ball gets so hot. Everyone's taking it so early. You've often got two forehands on either side hitting the ball. There's not much space to hit in the doubles. It can be um, it can be quite long. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I mean, I'm from Canada, uh, and we we play the hardball doubles there. I don't know if you've ever seen or, or tried the the hardball doubles, but it's uh, it's an I've, amazing I've, game. I bet you probably be quite good at it. Yeah, I don't know. I've, <laughs> I don't think I was great the first time. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was overstaying with uh, Jamie Haycox and uh, we went on yeah. for a game. We had Clive Leach was on as well. Okay. He's, he's good at the doubles now. I don't know if you... Jamie played a little bit on the tour, didn't he? On the, yeah, on the doubles tour, yeah. Not much at the time, but um, yeah, he's getting better. I think it's um, once you finish playing, I think there's, it's good fun those weekends by the sound of it. There's, uh, they take it quite seriously and there's a bit of, bit of good money for it as well, isn't there? If you yeah. start to do well. Yeah, it's usually the you know the guy the big hitters are the guys who just you know, pat like the Cameron Pillies or John White's uh, those types of sort of swings tend to uh, yeah, yeah. there's gone across well and done well, haven't they? I think. Yeah, Joel, and I, was, I just wanted to uh, to ask you a couple of things about you know sort of there's been a little bit of drama on uh, on the tour the last 
couple of events. And, and I think it's uh, for some good reason. I mean, obviously, uh, the PSA and the officials are trying to improve the game, make it to make there uh, a little bit more flow to the game. And uh, on occasion, uh, there have been some issues with uh, let calls, um, you know, no lets, lets here and there. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, firstly, what you what you feel uh, about the changes and if they, you know, they're going in the right direction in terms of, uh, you know, getting players, forcing, you know, trying to get players to, to play through uh, interference. Uh, it's obvious, uh, and to me, it seems like it's the right thing to do, and it's just uh, growing pains. Uh, I'm just wondering what you. Uh, what yeah, you I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I think in general, if you look from 20 years ago, it's going, it's going in the right direction. Um, the problem is, I think with that on the surface, that looks better, you know, clearing up lets and things like that. But I think you know, an example for me would be two players just moving in around each other in the back backhand corner one gets stuck in front of the other and they're two guys who are six foot three and they're just, they've just bumped into each other. No one's trying to stitch the other one up. No one's trying to cause any issues. And then someone's given a no let. Yeah. Uh, men's rallies take two minutes to win a point and points are given out far too easily now for strokes and no lets. I think the value of actually what a stroke gives someone a point, you know, that how difficult that is to create through a rally in the men's game is, it's tough to do. And I think there's far too many free points given out now. Um, the scoreboard keeps going up without anyone actually, you know, having to hit a winner or create some space or really break anyone down. So, um, and the problem with giving a no let for a basic traffic issue creates tension from the person leaving the ball. So they're trying to clear quickly because they're worried about a stroke that's not a stroke. And then the person coming in is taking an aggressive line because they don't want to get trapped. And I think it can also just that then leads to a video review, which ends up taking longer. I think sometimes yeah. it's still be just a basic let. The two guys, no one's doing anything. There's just a bump, let, and the ball served again before anyone's even, you know, before any, there's been an issue made of it. Um, so I think there's still a, still a place for that. But I, I also do like the way it's going. Far, you know, far too many people want to wrap someone up or, you know, the racket's going above the head, trying to trying yeah. to create a stroke situation. Yeah, bring, bringing it's the racket crazy. around like, like this. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. The frustrating thing for me is, is, is when I see, you know, for example, you're – going in to hit the ball into the back corner, you get tied up and it, you know, it appears as though, Oh, okay. Yeah. He could have maybe gone around him or whatever, but the things are happening so fast. There's definitely, you have to benefit of the doubt, give the guy a let. I think so. Yeah. It's like I said, it's just so difficult to win points and, and it's, it's, it's so tough to just give away a no let for something basic like that. I, and I think you have to have a feel for what's going on in the match. If you've got two guys who, there's barely been any stoppages. If this has happened five times and two people have bumped into each other, then maybe you need to decide who's the one causing issues. But quite a lot of the time, there just still needs to be a place for someone's racket's got caught. They've taken a bit of a strange line off the ball. The ball's not loose enough that rewards a stroke. And and it just needs, you know, there just needs to be a bit of a few lets and a bit of continuous play, I think. Because then when it goes to the video review, it ends up taking much longer than a let would have taken anyway for me. Yeah, I think they, you know, they're they're going in the right direction, like you say, and, and if they could just sort of clean that part of it up, where the these silly no lets, uh, uh, they they can get yeah. rid of. Yeah, I, I still think there's far too there's far too many strokes given as well. I mean, if you catch any sidewall, yeah, you know, if you hit, yeah. hit, hit what do you mean? Which situations do you think uh, are? Because I, I think like if say say you're a guy's coming off the tee, going to the sidewall to maybe try to volley, and you you kind of bump into each other. A lot of times that. They're giving strokes out for that, right? Yeah, that but uh, yeah, yeah well, they're giving strokes for that, which is creating more. I think that's creating more interferences because players know they can get a stroke for it, so they're going to be 
trying to create that situation straight away because again it's, it's a free point without really doing anything I think if you go back five years there was just some kills that catch sidewall the players trying to clear they haven't cleared well enough I, I, I don't know I, I'm not sure all these situations need to be strokes but um, at the same time I'm going to try and play to win given the, the way the game's being refereed now so I'm going to have to adapt to not hit that shot not catch any sidewall and I've got to be on it myself if I'm hitting sidewall and giving strokes away that's not good enough regardless of the direction I think the referee's going in you know, and if someone's hitting a lot of sidewall, you're going to take the strokes as well. So you've got to be, you know, switched on with what you're doing. But um, yeah, it, it's just being careful. But it, it sounds easy, doesn't it? The, the things yeah. happen. In, these guys don't. These guys aren't full-time referees. I mean, I think they're trying to get better all the time. And I think you have to. Um, it's happening at a fast pace now, and stuff's changing, and and things are, you know, the pace is going up and up. And yeah, I, I also recognise it's pretty hard as well. So you've just got to you got to try and get on with it as well as you can and work it out while you're on. The, no, the the officiating I think's really improved a lot. The guy, they're 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 a lot more confident, and they, there's a lot of characters out there to deal with too, and they seem to be able to do that as well. Um, and one other thing that came up in Alguna and uh, pre, I think pre-COVID, you might remember this. You you've probably had a few coaches uh, uh, working in your corner in between games when these, uh, and then in, I think it was Alguna, maybe even happened at the Worlds. Um, uh, a couple of players were uh, accused of being coached during the matches from the gallery, right? Uh, and to me, that just seemed like a little bit, bit odd. You know, um, what kind of coaching were they? Do? Were they just encouraging uh, their player or telling them to, uh, you know, keep going or whatever? I mean, that kind of I stuff happens all the time, right? Uh, in uh, every everybody will will tell you if I if I was watching you play, I'd say, let's go, Joel, keep going, right? Yeah. So what's your take on that, on the, on the coaching side of things? Because firstly, there was a lot of coaching going on between games pre-COVID, and now suddenly there's nothing allowed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think coaching needs to come back. I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's an element that it improves, improves how it's being watched or anything like that. I think you're only losing an element. Um, there's... there's you know, the vast majority of sports do have coaches coming in and I think that's an interesting dynamic how a coach comes in at half time or goes in their corner and and how a tactical change can make a difference for the match it, it, it only adds an element to me anyway um, maybe there was a time when there's too many players all coming across and there might be five other players talking to one player in the corner I, I get that, that could be tidied up maybe you allocate one coach you know before the match or before the tournament you have one coach talking to you and that's then tidied up that problem um, I'm not really sure about that, about the talking, you know, during rallies and stuff like that. That's been a rule for years. So, um, again, I don't know what's being said. If it's being said in a different language, you can't, you know, it, what's the difference between cheering someone on and giving a bit of support and also a few, a bit of coaching, you know, it, 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 it's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's yeah. more, I mean, games, I think, needs to come back, really. That's, um, and I, I hope they do from next season. I think a lot of players are in agreement about that really I know they're just trying to tidy it up but I think it's uh it, it just helps you know I think mm. yeah people uh, want I, mean, I, I guess it's kind of a COVID related thing right uh maybe they you know they just did the social distancing kind of thing but you can you can separate coach and player and still allow the coach to give instruction yeah. to, to his player I, without I think, being that close I think it started out being a COVID thing and it, it, it's not anymore that it was to do with the how well it was viewed on TV. I think it was, you don't need a crowd of people all gathering around players and stuff like that, which makes sense. I get it. But I think it just needs to come back in every other sport. Pretty much you have coaches able to work with players. 
and it also just gets rid of a job for a lot of coaches. I mean, mm. with national governing bodies, I mean, um, say, you know, Dave Evans would come to tournaments with us, but if you can't even speak between games or feed us on court at the venue, it sort of becomes a little bit pointless for them to come, I guess. Um, yeah. And other countries send, send coaches to come with them or they pay for their personal coach to come as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, th- I think I think everyone benefits from it, from coaches being there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I miss that. I mean, I mean, you miss, I miss the days, you know, uh, Neil Harvey's yelling at, uh, you yeah. know, Peter Nickel when he's playing Jonathan Power and Mike Way, vice versa. You, you had the personalities of the coaches. That's an added element to to the game. Yeah, it just adds to it, doesn't it? And, and it really can change it. I think sometimes when you're playing, you can, no matter what level you play at, someone sat out the back and just see something that's maybe something you were doing that was working that you weren't aware of how much impact that was having because you're not able to see a couple of movements while they're behind you. So you might be you might be setting a trap and it might be working a bit better. A hold might be working better than you thought, but you're not you're not recognizing it quite as well or something they're struggling with or you know it just it just adds something and and then how can that other player counter what tactics they've been given? So I just think it's going to change momentum swings and that kind of thing. Well, you've seen quite a bit too. A, a few players, a couple of Egyptian guys. Uh, I think it was Ferris Tasuki and a few other guys who've sort of lost the plot. Uh, after having lost one yeah. game, come back and you know lo- lose like eleven one or eleven two or something. Uh, they, you know, they 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 could have used a, a bit of coaching between games or a bit of inspiration or you know keep get your head on straight, right? Uh, no, I was just saying I don't think anyone talking in between games is going to help at that point. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Seemed determined to just you know be as aggressive going short as he could and guess cross court, um, which isn't going to be good enough against Mohammed. Um, and that happened twice in a row. That was that was cheap, wasn't it? I thought, but um, yeah, yeah, interesting. You've got a lot of those guys tend to get on top of the lower ranked guys in the early rounds, and then for some reason don't seem to be there mentally when they're met with a bit. Of, you know, that happened quite a few times. It's a bit of a trend with some players who've, who've got a lot of ability. Um, you know, Farris, for example, in both those matches with Mohammed, you know, he's yeah. he, he's got you know, it's not as if he hasn't got the speed or the hands or the you've you've seen him do it, but for whatever reason, he wasn't. Um, yeah, wasn't willing to put in. Yeah, he's one of the guys. I mean, I, I think he he could be he could be number one in the world. He's just got the speed. He's got the hands. He's got the shots. He's got the physicality. At least it looks like he does. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then he, between the ears, uh, something's uh, <laughs> something's gone. And with uh, with a lot of things, it, it, yeah, so important in sport, isn't it? Just that kind of you, you have to be able to put in day in day out. If you want to be able to do it consistently at the top level, it's it's hard and it's 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 not uh it's not enjoyable and it's you know sometimes and it's not it doesn't look like much but it counts for a lot, doesn't it? Well, maybe if he had uh, Jonah Barrington or uh, Malcolm Wilstrup, uh, rest his soul, in in his corner, uh, he might have uh, that might that might help. <laughs> Install a bit of discipline, yeah, that's what you need. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, Joel, you've been fantastic with your time. Uh, absolutely enjoyed uh, this chat with you. What What are you up to now? What Where are you? Uh, what times? It's about four. Yeah, it's about five four. o'clock. Yeah, dinner time. Yeah, um, I do a bit more in the gym. I'm going across. Uh, I've got some base work. Gym. Oh man, good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done did a bit of mobility and hitting earlier, and then uh, yeah, a bit of gym tonight. Um, what, are what are you doing in the gym? It's a bit of aerobic sort of capacity session today. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of the stuff we've been working on. So, um, it's some of the stuff we've been doing with my strength and conditioning coach is a, it's sort of a long hour and a half session that's maintaining your heart rate within certain zones. So, it's like a, 
it's like 130 to 140 zone just to improve your aerobic capacity. So That's it's quite cool. a long drawn out session, but um, yeah, you feel the benefit if you do it consistently. Yeah, 130 to 140 for that length of time. Uh, I mean, you know, I try to get. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's not. It, it's not too tough. It's more how monotonous it is, and it's not supposed to be a really tough session. It's more. Yeah, I could go into detail for 20 minutes about it, and I'm sure he could yeah. tell you better. Than me, but um, yeah, it's just to improve your your aerobic capacity, basically. Um, so yes, yeah, so it's just a different kind of interval session, but it's uh, yeah, you certainly get some work done over an hour and a half. I was going to uh, just before you go. I, I think we had a quick chat when I was in the gym the other day, and uh, I told you about my session. I do. Uh, I don't obviously have enough time to get to the gym uh, these days, but I'll do uh, my go-to session is uh, on the bike. I'll do six sets uh, with the, it's a five, five minutes at level 15. And I try to keep it up to a hundred and then a three minute rest. And I do that uh, six times. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure where my heart rate is or anything like that, but it's up there. It's gotta be like 170, 180 when I'm, for that for that four to five minute period uh, i was just wondering what do you do you think that's useless or useful <laughs> <laughs> if you're going in and putting an effort on the bike it's not it's not useless um it all helps add into your overall fitness of course but i was more referring to i was trying to make things a little bit more specific you know uh it, there's a lot of just getting volume in for the sake of it training that's going to make you heavy legs so i don't particularly get a lot of uh i struggle to get my heart rate that high on the bike so oh, really? this, yeah yeah so sometimes you could be doing a session you thought was really hard. You're already tired from the week's training. You're doing a bike session and you're not actually getting any heart rate response. Well, it was more just like, what are you actually trying to get out of it? And just trying to be a bit more specific. So if you're going to be doing something, going to be making your legs heavy for the next squash session, it needs to be beneficial. So really, tr really try and redline it or then you're trying to improve your aero capacity. So today, if I've done a heavy week, you're going to try and improve your base overall endurance. And then if you're going to do those intervals, do like, really tough running sessions that are actually going to get a 180, 190 heart rate response. Okay. Um, that's all I was referring to because you get, you get a lot of that kind of adaptation from condition games, drills, feeding is the kind of adaptation you'll be getting from that bike session. So that was my, uh, that was the thinking behind it anyway. Okay. Well, uh, I'll give some more thought to, to my routine, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Joel, really appreciate your time today. All the best at the yep. British Nationals, the Commonwealth Games. The, the tour finals, you got a lot on your plate over the next few weeks. So yeah, uh, stay healthy, mate. Yeah. Thanks for that, Jerry. Well, I didn't want that to end episode 216 in the books with Joel Macon. What a good guy and uh, what a great chat covering all sorts of different topics there. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'm going to take Joel up on his offer to uh, do it again. He sent me a quick little uh, uh, message uh, just shortly after the pod that he wants to do another one down the road. Well, I'm sure we'll have plenty of occasion to do that. His star is definitely rising. Uh, he's number seven in the world right now. And he's going up, I think, you know, as he mentioned, you know, he's a relatively late starter to the game, and uh, you know his, his uh, knowledge of the game, his growth as a player, uh, both mentally, physically, and of course uh, technically, it's just going to continue to improve. So all the best to him. He's got a lot on his plate, as we mentioned. Uh, British Nationals coming up, a big event for, uh, coming up, with, especially now with uh, Mohamed El Sherbagi in the mix as the number one seed. Uh, Joel, the, the, the defending champion, and, and the likes of. Patrick Rooney and others, as we talked about, uh, a big event that one is in the Commonwealth Games. Of course, he's got to be one of the favorites, uh, even with um, 
uh, Mohammed El Sherbagi and uh, Paul Cole in the mix. Uh, Wales will have a, a team to be reckoned with, both in the singles and the doubles. So that should be a lot of fun. The tour finals, lots to look forward to. Just so much squash these days. It just seems to never end, which is fantastic. It, it, it's a great way to resume, uh, I think, uh, you know, the PSA tour after the hiatus that we went through and, and the struggles that the game has gone through. It's really, uh, I thought Mauritius went really well. And let me just say a few words about that. Congratulations to Diego Elias on a superb uh, win, a tremendous performance, did not drop a game throughout the entire event and looked extremely extremely good and extremely confident extremely calm played his his game throughout the entire event the the match against Paul Cole was absolutely amazing Paul obviously uh, all of these guys have been playing a lot of squash lately maybe a bit jaded but uh, that's to take nothing away uh, from Diego's performance he just played his game he didn't get rattled sometimes Diego can get a bit down on himself when decisions don't go his way or games don't go his way well that didn't happen this time around and uh he really showed that against uh, Mohammed as well. Mohammed really tried to pick it up there uh, towards the end of the, the third game. It looked like maybe he, if he was going to pull that one off, it might uh, you know, be a bit of a struggle for Diego. But uh, Diego stuck to his guns. He had a couple of calls that kind of didn't go his way there, but that didn't rattle him. And uh, he ended up winning Mauritius and in, in uh, epic style. Just looked so good, so confident. And also congratulations to the women's winner in the Challenger Series event that they also held there simultaneously in Mauritius of Farida Mohammed. I only caught the end of that match, only the, the last couple of points I was out, but um, it looked like a bit of a feisty affair at the end, and that's, uh, you know, uh, the way Tinny uh, sort of just, uh, they slapped hands at the end as she as she walked off the court. Obviously, uh, Tinny a bit disappointed with the, with the result, but uh, Farida, uh, maybe the biggest win for her. She was very, very happy with the result. Uh, we know the Challenger series is uh Typically, if you're winning those events, a lot. If you win a few of those, uh, that's a huge stepping stone into the top uh, ten in the world. We saw that happen with uh, Gina Kennedy, who used those events to catapult her into the uh, the top uh, of, uh, I guess, top twenty in the world, which enabled her to play in a lot of the the bigger events, and that catapulted her yet again into the top. I think she's top ten in the world now, or, or close. Uh, haven't seen the, the ladies' rankings, but I think she is. Anyways, that's kind of maybe what Frida's feeling now with a big win like that over a top player like Tenny. Tenny's been playing well too so uh, congrats to both of them on getting to the final but uh, Farida with the win and again a huge uh, congrats to Diego on that big win and uh, he just played such tremendous squash uh, it fired me up uh, as well so I want to be moving out there smoothly and playing uh, you know selecting my shots as uh, intelligently as Diego the next time I play and I hope all of you are too uh, take good care be well. Uh, we're going to have a few. We've got a, a couple of big episodes coming up uh, in the next week or so, uh, inshallah, as they say over here. Uh, I won't reveal any uh, names. As you know, I don't like uh, to let the cat out of the bag at risk of it not happening. But uh, at any rate, uh, again, be well, everybody. Stay healthy. All the best with your squash, and we'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye now.